the series we've been in called Anti Up, Going All In With Christ. And you think, well, what does it mean? I mean, again, what does it mean to any up? Well, in a game of poker, obviously, if you play poker, in the game of poker, you've got to put your bet on the table before you ever get dealt a hand of cards, right? That's called anteing up. You ante up. Before you even know what you're going to be dealt, you have to ante up. Well, in this series, we believe that God has called us to ante up. To place our bet, so to speak, on him and to say, I'm all in. I'm in with you, even though I don't know what hand I'm going to be dealt. Amen? That's a good thing. And you say, well, how, does, how do I do that? What does that mean to ante up? Well, number one was this, and we looked at this a few weeks ago. It starts by anteing up by making Jesus your Lord and your Savior. If you want to be a part of the real game of life, which is the part where you know Christ and you're going to make an eternal difference, then you have to know his son, Jesus. You have to accept him into your life. You have to make him the Lord of your life. And when you do that, guess what? You get to sit at the table with Jesus. You get to sit at the table with the God of the universe. You get to sit at the table with the Holy Spirit. And they're going to deal you some cards. And you get to play a hand that's going to make an eternal difference with a pot that is unlimited. Amen? Let's get fired up. Come on now. Do I need to bring the chainsaw out and chase a few of you guys? All right, so number one, you, you have to make Jesus your Lord and Savior if you're going to ante up. Number two is this, anteing up, it takes faith, F-A-I-T-H. This, is, this whole idea of anteing up, I mean, it's a perfect example of this. Because just like you have to lay your bed on the table before you know what hand you're going to be dealt, it's the same way when you enter into a faith relationship with Jesus, Right? You've got to say, Jesus, I don't know what you're going to deal me, but I'm putting my bet on the table. I'm going all in with you. I'm putting my faith in you. And guess what? Our faith has to be in Jesus. It can't be in ourselves. It can't be in our money. It can't be in our wife. It can't be in our husband. It can't be in anything else but Jesus. He's the only reason, the only way that you have the power to overcome the things that you're going to deal with in life, the hands that you're going to be dealt. It has to be done with Jesus. Yeah. And then faith, listen, faith has to be accompanied by action. You got to play the game. It can't just be, I have faith, I'm not going to do anything. No, it has to be accompanied by action. It can't be what the Bible calls dead. You know what faith that is dead, we know what it looks like? It doesn't have any actions. It's not lived out. There's no deeds, right? So it has to, it has to have faith, or faith has to have action. The third part of this, number two, was this. Faith is trusting in God even when you lose a hand. Really? I mean, seriously, we all, we all, if you've accepted Christ, guess what? You have won the game. Amen? But here's the truth. You're going to be dealt hands throughout the rest of your life. The devil's going to get, he's going to become the dealer every now and then. He's going to deal you some temptation. And he's going to deal you some, you know, ideas of, you know, what you shouldn't be doing. And you're going to be able to either play that hand or say, I fold. I'm out. Not playing that temptation and that sin hand. Right? So again, if faith, you have to trust God even when you lose a hand every now and then. You're going to lose a hand every now and then. I mean, it's just, we're, we're all going to, right? But you've got to continue to have faith. Uh, the third thing was this. We looked at this maybe last week. Anteing up with Christ means knowing how to play your hand. 
In the game of cards, it's all about making the right decisions, right? You make the right decision, you raise, you check, you fold. All those are right decisions. And if you make the right decision, typically, in most cases, you can win the pot. You can make a profit, right? What's well, the same way in life? I, and, and here's the thing. I'm so grateful that God gives us the wisdom of his word to know how to make the right decisions in life. And last week, we looked at seven biblical principles on how to make right decisions. And you say, well, I don't know. I wasn't here. Go online, thousandhillsranchchurch.com. You can listen to our, our, our messages online. And you can learn how to make biblical, God-honoring decisions so that you can win the hands that you're dealt. Here's the truth. I believe, and I know this, that I have already won the game. But... Here's what I want to do. I want to win as many hands as I can. I want to win them. So when I get dealt a hand, I want to win. I want to do it. I want to win it for the Lord. I want to win it for, for, you know, for the blessing that the Lord can give me. I want to win it for His glory. And so again, we've got to know how to make those decisions. So listen to that if you didn't get a chance to listen to that. Today, we're going to turn to another uh, powerful resource that helps us ante up, all right? Number four, you ready for this? Anybody taking notes? They'll be on the, they'll be on the deal on the screen up there. So number four is this. Anteing up means going all in with prayer. <clears throat> Let me say it again. Anteing up means going all in with prayer. You say, well, I don't even know what prayer is. I mean, you know, I've heard some people pray, and I don't, I've never really prayed in my life. Well, t- hopefully today, after we teach you what we're going to teach you, the, all those insecurities about praying, all those, you know, you, you, you're like, I don't, I don't know what to pray. All that stuff, hopefully after today, will all go away. That's our goal, right? I mean, that's our goal. Here's the thing. I love God. You know why? Because He is a personal God, Right? And the way that he communicates and the way that he allows me to communicate is through prayer, through prayer. I mean, again, I I love that because he's not some just lofty God up in the, you know, the heavens going, you don't talk to me. I'm way too holy for you. You can't talk to me. Don't talk. Don't ever say a word to me. Don't even look at me. I mean, that's not how God is. God wants us to converse with Him. He wants us to talk with Him. Psalm 116 expresses, you know, this, these feelings of thankfulness for this. And look at it. In verses 1 and 2, it says this. It says, I love the Lord because He what? You say it. Hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because He what? Bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I live. That's a good, let's give the Lord a hand for that. That's good stuff right there. (laughs) The psalmist says, I love the Lord because he actually hears my voice. He actually hears my prayer. And he doesn't just, again, just stay up in heaven and go, I'm not going to be personal. No, he comes down and he lives in us when we accept Jesus. And he he bends down. I mean, that, that to me shows that he's a big God, right? I mean, if you got a little kid, little kids down here, big person, they have to bend down. Hey, what are you saying? You bend down. God does the same thing, right? I mean, he's a mighty God. He's a powerful God, and he bends down to listen. And, and so our promise to him should be that as long as I have breath, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray to him. I'm going to give it all I've got. And so although he's an all-powerful God, he wants to listen. 
And so again, maybe you're new to this whole church thing. Maybe you're new to this whole relationship with Jesus thing. Today, hopefully you're going to learn that prayer is for everybody. It's for everybody. So here's the thing. I want to answer a few questions and then my wife's going to share a word as well. Number one is you, you think, well, prayer is pretty hard. I don't know what to say. I mean, don't you have to go to seminary to learn how to pray? The answer is no, right? Anybody can pray. And you say, well, well what is prayer? Really? I mean, let's answer these simple questions. What is it? It's a conversation with God. It's that simple. You think, well, again, I've got to have these lofty words. I've got to you know, pray like the preacher does. No, listen, you don't have to do any of that. You can just simply talk to God. He wants to hear your voice. And some people say, well, why, why do we pray in Jesus' name? I mean, it's kind of weird. Why do we end our prayers in Jesus' name? I mean, that's kind of how we do it, right? We go, and I thank, thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You say, well, why do we do that? Well, the truth is that practice started in the Bible. I mean, the Bible, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and this is what he says in John chapter 14. You can listen, you can follow along as I read it. It says, it, and I will do whatever you ask in what? In my name, Jesus is talking. He says, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything. What's the phrase? In my name. And I will what? Do it. You say, why do we do it in Jesus' name? Why do we pray in Jesus' name? It's because His name is what holds the power. You can pray. Yeah, give Him a hand. You can, you can pray again to the trees. You can pray to the, you know, the God of the unicorns. I, I mean, you can pray to anything else, but that doesn't possess the power. The only person that possesses the power is Jesus. And here's the thing. He's not a genie in a bottle. I mean, some people read that and they're like, dang, man, I need a new Polaris Ranger. I'm going to pray it in Jesus' name. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Give me that. You know, that's not what he's saying. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, if you ask in my name, guess what? I will do what I believe is best for you and what best brings me glory. That's what he says, right? I mean, and so you may think, well, I'm just going to pray and I'm going to rub his belly. No, listen, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. But if it's his will, and guess what? He wants to bless you. He says, if you will, if you will, you know, believe in him, he will give you, if you will delight in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. He's a good God. So what is prayer? Again, it's simply talking to God. How long do I have to pray? I mean, again, a lot of people are like, I don't know if I should pray. I mean, my prayer might be too short. Can Can I just tell you, you get to decide how long you pray. I mean, if I was to tell you, don't pray long prayers, they're stupid. You'd be like, what? Okay, whatever. Or don't pray too short because God may not hear it. No, <laughs> he's not limited. He can hear the short prayer. Here's, here's what I believe. I believe that a short prayer can be just as powerful as a long prayer. Anybody with me? The Bible, again, the Bible tells us that God isn't impressed with all of our babbling words. I mean, I've been in churches sometimes where they get up, and you maybe grew up like I did, and I praise God for it, but there were some men that got up, and they would pray over the offering, and it was like they were preaching. Anybody with me? It's okay to laugh, and it's good to say, okay to smile. They would, you know, pray like, you know, 17 minutes, and they would put three points in a poem, and they would have an invitation over the offering. Anybody with me? I've been there, but, and you say, was well, that wrong? No, it's not necessarily wrong, but guess what? 
If they were doing that just to impress the people in the church, then God doesn't give a flip. I'm just telling you. So uh, I'm just, uh, your, your words, you just talk to God. If it's short, it's short. If it's long, it's long. Look at Matthew chapter 6. It reiterates this. It says, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they'll be heard because of their many words. Do, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. So you don't have to worry about, man, I, I don't know. If someone calls on me to pray, I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know how to pray very long. Listen, you don't have to pray very long. You know what the truth is? The Bible says that it's about your heart. If your heart is in it, then it's, then it's going to be heard. If you're in it for yourself, then it probably, I mean, he may hear it, but he's probably not going to answer it. When can we pray? Here's, here's question number three. When can we pray? The truth is anytime, anywhere. God is omnipresent. No, it's a big word, but that means he is present everywhere. Everywhere you go, he's there. If you get in a bind, he's there. If you're, in a, you're getting blessed, he's there. If your kids are twisting off, he's there. If it, anywhere you go, he is there and you can pray to him. He's there everywhere. Number four, who can pray? Who can pray? I mean, that's a good question. Because again, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know if I can pray. I don't, you know, I'm not living my right life. Well, the truth is this. Listen, while God, he is able to answer anybody's prayer. Here's what I believe. And you may disagree, but that's okay. Ultimately, I believe that prayer is the privilege of those who know Christ. I'm just telling you. Can God answer the prayer of the people that don't fear Him or don't listen to Him or don't obey Him? He can do whatever the heck He wants. But I'm just telling you, it is the people that know Christ and who are walking in obedience, that's important, not just you know pray to prayer, but they're actually walking in obedience that God goes, I want to hear their prayers. I hear your prayer, son. I hear your prayer, daughter. You know how I know that? I mean, Psalm 145, it says this. It says, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in what? In truth. He grants the desires of those who what? Fear him. him. You see what that means? You don't fear him? Probably not going to listen to your prayers. You fear him? He's going to probably listen to your prayers. It's that simple. I mean, it's that powerful. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I think the application that I get out of that anyways <laughs> is if you're you know, consistently praying for something and you feel like God's not hearing you, I think it's a good time to examine your heart. Yeah. You know, maybe there's some unconfessed sin or some struggles that you haven't given over to the Lord and he's saying you need to repent because I can't hear with that sin um, inhibiting those prayers. Absolutely. Pray, confess your sins before him. Here's the, another point I want to make. All prayer is good. All of it is good. Um, the Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, look at it. It says, rejoice always and pray what? Continually. Continually. You know what that's saying? I mean, God wants us to pray about everything. It's not just the things that you get to go to church and pray about, and not just people that are sick. I mean, again, that's good, but let's just pray about something else. I mean, and again, he doesn't really care. I mean, you know, you may just pray simple prayers like, Lord, bless my day. I mean, that's a powerful prayer. You can pray that. Or if you're like me and you don't weld very well when you're welding, Lord, help this weld to hold. <laughs> I mean, you know, or Lord, help my boss to be in a good mood today. Help my wife to... No, no, never mind. <clears throat> God cares about those things. I'm just telling you. And you say, well, Bo, are those too simple for God? Nothing is too small for God. But can I just be honest with you? I think this is where a lot of people stop. 
They pray simple prayers, you know, God, get me out of this jam. God, keep me out of this jam. God, help me not to say something stupid in church today. You know, I mean, again, we pray these simple prayers, which are fine, and God wants us to do that. But again, I believe that, that, God, that, that we sometimes just stop right there. And this is the point of all of what we're going to talk about today. I believe that God can do more if we just will pray in a way that says, I'm all in. If we pray prayers that say, you know, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm praying that you would use me in a mighty way. I mean, those are prayers that say, I'm all in. Sure, I'm going to ask God to bless my kids, bless my day, but I'm going to pray something that actually changes not just me, but changes the people around me. And so here's what that looks like. All in prayers, guess what? They up the ante. They up the ante. Now, again, if you're in the game of cards and you say, I'm going to up the ante, you actually, what, guess what you do? You put more money on the table. You say, I'm going to up the ante and we're going to play it for $100. If you want to get in this game, you're going to play for $100. That's when, you know, your butt puckers and you're thinking, and I can't, I, I, this is big money now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's big money. You play for pennies for a little while, but that's no fun, and you'll gamble all you can. But you stick $100 out there, then you start playing real big. You know, it's like, i got to make the right decision, right? It's called up in the ante. You know what it does? It increases the cost. It raises the stakes. And I bet, guess I bet poker players pray a lot. They do pray a lot. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'll enter the Poker World Series one of these days. But if you think about it, we you know we sometimes we don't take our prayer life to the next level because we don't have anything real big we need to that we want to do with our lives. Yeah. And then poker, you're if if I don't win, I'm this is going to be a bad deal. That's a great lesson. Did you guys get that? Did you write that down? So next time you go to the big poker games, I mean I think we're going to par- start a poker series at church. <laughs> Some of you guys are laughing. <laughs> we're going to stop right there. That's too much. <clears throat> Here's the spiritual application. In the game of life, all in prayers, guess what? They do the same thing. When you up the ante, when you pray, guess what? You're increasing the cost. You might have to shed a few tears in your prayer life. You might have to get out of your little comfort zone and stop praying simple prayers and actually pray a bold, lavish, powerful prayer. I mean, it's going to cost you something. The risk increases. When you ask God to actually use you in a mighty way, guess what? The risk goes up. But can I tell you from personal experience, and, and my wife can tell you the same thing, but here's, here's what we can tell you. When you up the ante in your prayer, guess what? The reward is much greater. Just like when you put that $100 down and then you win 1000 back, when you put your money on God and you say, I'm up in the ante, whatever you want to do, I want you to use me. Guess what? The reward is profitable. It's big. It may cost you may not be fun, but it's big. It's real big. That's right. And, and so what I'm going to kind of talk about are some characteristics of prayers that, that up the ante. So what does it look like to pray a prayer that ups the ante? Like what does that mean and, and kind of what does that look like? But um, first of all, prayers that up the ante don't just change you. They change the world. Did you get that? Prayers that up the ante don't just change you, they change the world. So ask, and Bo asked me this the other day, he said, Heather, if God were to answer all of your prayers, would they just affect you? Would that just benefit you or would it change the world? And I was like, ah, oh, that's a, that's You're a welcome. good question. You're welcome. <laughs> that really, I mean, it got me to thinking and I was like, well, I know I pray, you know, for 
you know, for me to have a good day. I pray, you know, I mean, I pray all these prayers that probably tend to be more self-focused or whatever. Lord, help, you know, bless us financially. Take care of us. Do this. Do that. And a lot of times they're about me, which is good. And I'm trusting I'm going to continue to pray those things because I need all the prayers that I can get. But we need to realize that prayers that are focused just on ourselves, they don't change the world. So we need to begin to pray prayers that will change the world. And so how do we pray those prayers? Well, we start by praying, God, use me to change the world. And that's that's a scary prayer to pray. I don't know about you, but I don't like stepping out of my comfort zone. I like when things are just smooth, life goes good, you know, supper doesn't burn. I mean, just, you know, life is easy. And so for me to pray, God, use me to change the world, that's a scary prayer. But our greatest example, you know, in our Christian lives is to follow Jesus, The you know, the person who was perfect and did everything right. And so we want to follow in his example. And the prayer that he prayed right before he was fixing to go to the cross and endure that for us is in Luke twenty-two forty-two. It says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And I think that, um, you know, Jesus was willing to pray an all-in prayer. And who did he pray it to? He prayed it to his Father. And I think a lot of times, you know, we need to trust that God's our Father. He has the best in store for us. And so I think that having that right perspective of God will give us the courage to pray those all-in prayers. And we, you know, when you go to your dad, hopefully, you know, you had a great dad here on earth, but you're not scared to, to ask him for things or whatever because, you know, he has your best interest in mind. And it's the same with God. He has our best interest in mind. And so it's okay to be scared to pray those prayers because even Jesus was scared. I mean, he was asking for this cup to pass because he knew what it was going to cost him. He swept and, drops of blood, by the way. If you've not read that scripture, he was in the garden and he sweat drops of blood. Mm-hmm. That's how intense, how stressful, how scared he was. But what does he say? He says, not my will, but yours be done. That's right. That's, powerful. Yeah. And I mean, again, so it's okay to be scared to pray those prayers because we don't always know what the end result's going to look like. But if he hadn't prayed that all in prayer... We wouldn't have the blessing of, have, of the opportunities to, to spend eternal life with him. And so the reward, you know, was great. And his prayer changed the world. So how can we apply this to our lives? Well, we need to pray for God to use us. Maybe you need to begin to pray, God, use me in my job. Help me not to just clock in and clock out every day. Use me to make a difference in my coworkers, in my employees, and in my boss's life. Whatever that looks like, Lord, use me to change the people that are around me. Maybe um, it's in your relationships with your friends. You, you know, pray, God, use me in my relationships. Use me to, to be a light to my friend. I know they've been going through a hard time. Show me how I can, how I can you know, serve them or love on them. Um, maybe it's in your hobbies. Maybe, you know, God has given you this great talent, and you need to give it back to him and give him the glory for that. And use that. Pray, God, use my talent to change the world. I don't know what that looks like, but use it for your glory. And we need to just pray for God to use us and be open to him using us anytime, anywhere, and um, in any way, whatever it looks like. So first, we have to pray for God to use us to change the world. And second, we have to pray for God to use others to change the world. We need to pray for God to use others to change the world. And and Philemon 1, verse 6, it says, And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. So we need to pray for others to have the boldness to put into action their faith. You know, pray for that friend of yours who knows Christ, but they don't ever really do anything with it. I know, I think Bo has an example of Mickey Bentley, his friend, he... um, 
you know, was able to challenge him and say, you know, kind of what are you, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your Christian walk? You need to step up and then start serving God. And from that point on, Mickey Bentley, you know, began teaching Sunday school. He began to witness to people and, and people were getting saved all because he took that step and put his faith into action. And so we need to pray for others to, to put their faith into action. Um, and then I was going to say too, how many of you guys have ever heard of Bethany Hamilton? Does anyone know? There's a couple here. Yeah. If you have, especially if you have a daughter or a teen daughter or a young daughter or whatever, you need to, to look her up and, and kind of learn about her. She's an, an awesome girl. Madeline, my daughter, she's a big fan of Bethany Hamilton. We have this book, um, that a, a devotion book of hers that Madeline likes to read and, and thinks is really cool. But if you've ever seen the movie Soul Surfer, there's a movie out about, and it's about her life. And the story is Bethany Hamilton grew up in Hawaii. She's from Hawaii, started surfing at a you know super young age, was really talented and was really good at that. And her mom began to pray an all-in prayer for Bethany. Her mom started praying, Lord, use Bethany to change the world. Use her and make a difference um, in this world through my daughter. And they would actually pray that together. There's actually a movie, a documentary about Bethany's life, and her and her mom, like she was saying, would pray this prayer, God, use us to change the world. God, use us. You know, you got special plans. I know you have good plans for me. Now change the world through me. And then this happened. Yeah, and so it is actually 12 years ago yesterday that this happened, but she was out surfing and was involved in a shark attack. The shark came up, bit her arm off. Bit through her, yeah, surfboard. Seeing the picture. Um, And I don't know about you, but I think a lot of times we can allow those trials to redefine our life, either for the good or for the bad, and it's all about our perspective. And Bethany had an amazing perspective. She didn't let that stop her. Um, Although you would think as a surfer that would be – and it is traumatizing and how can you, you know, have the balance to surf and get up and all that with, with one arm? How can you put your hair in a ponytail? How can you put your swimsuit on? How can you, you know, do all these things that you don't really think about when you just have one arm? But she, um, she anted up and she went on in, with her life. And a, a year, a little bit over a year after that happened, she went on to win her first national title yeah. as a surfer. Um, she went on to become a professional surfer, and I think she even still is today. She just yeah. had a child, um, so she's a new mom. But she used that platform, and God gave it to her, gave her this platform because her and her mom prayed and all in prayer, and they were willing to to you know, pray no matter what the stakes were, that God would use her life to change the world. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She's won several awards. She's a Nickelodeon Award for uh, the Best Comeback Athlete. She's won an ESPN, ESPN Award, the ESPY Award for Comeback Athlete of the Year. Um, she's won the Fox Teen Choice Award, and that's just to name a few. And she's traveled the world and spoken to millions of people, all because her and her mom prayed that all in prayer. So, again, the point is that we need to pray these all-in prayers for, for God to use others to change the world. And I know, you know, for us personally, we've, we've started praying all-in prayers for our kids. You know, typically we pray the, you know, be with our kids, help them to have a great day at school tomorrow, um, keep them safe. You know, I mean, these prayers that every, you know, parent probably, you know, prays, and we're going to continue to pray those, but we're going to take that to the next level, which is scary because as a mom, you want to protect your child. You don't want them to, you know, encounter any harm. You don't want them to go through trials. I mean, you just hate to see them suffer in any way, but we know that God is in control and the the reward will be great. And so we're, you know, starting to pray more in-depth prayers for our kids. And I think too, you know, pray for God to use your kids. We're driving to church this morning in Hampton, our five-year-old you know, started asking about one of his friends, if they died, would they go to heaven? And wow. I was like, oh, 
you know, well, that's from the mouth of a five-year-old. And so we're kind of talking about it. And he, you know, and I said, well, how do you think you get to heaven? And he said, well, you have to have asked Jesus into your heart. And I said, well, what, you know, what does that mean? Why do you have to do that? And he said, because we are sinners and we have to ask for forgiveness. And I said, well, what's a sin? And he said, it's the bad things that we do. So, I mean, God can use your child, even at five years old, to change the world. I mean, he, and you know, and I think that, not to give us credit, but that comes from us talking about spiritual things with our kids to make them aware of other people. And so hopefully... You know, he's going to go to school and he's going to be able to tell other kids about Jesus, you know. And so that's how God can can use your kids to change the world. Um, and another Let me thing, say this as well. They're, your kids are never too old to pray that prayer with them. That God would use them in a mighty way, whether they're 35 or, you know, four, it doesn't really matter. You can still pray those prayers and God can still use your kids to make a, 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 you know, a difference. Here's what else I would encourage you, because here's, here's the thing. My kids hear me pray that prayer for them. Before they go to bed, we pray, and I say, God, use my son, Hank, to change the world. <laughs> I don't know about you, but a seven-year-old, when he hears that prayer, he's like, Dad, what does that mean? <laughs> and, I, and, you know, I just say God's in control. He can use you in a mighty way. So if, if, if it's his will, he's going to, and it is his will, he's going to use you. And he's I gonna, think, too, as a parent, when God is ready to use your child, don't stand in the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially, especially when they get older. You know, when I graduated college, I felt like the Lord wanted me to go on a mission trip to Thailand. And my parents weren't super excited about that, but they supported me and allowed me to go and do that. And so I think, you know, support your kids. When God calls them to do something that could change the world, encourage that. Say, man, you go. You go to Africa. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, then get encourage. on your knees when they leave. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to get on your knees and pray God to protect them and use them in a mighty way. Yeah. yeah. And another thing, you know, we, we pray for others. We pray for our kids and pray for this church. We can pray, God, use this church to change the world. Bo and I pray this prayer probably every night for God to use Thousand Hills Ranch Church to change the world. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I think we have a pretty amazing church. I mean, Amen. I, I look forward to church every Sunday, and I don't know that I can say that, you know, that I've been able to say that my entire life. You know, from coming and seeing people on horseback waving at you and just friendly people at the door, um, the great events that we do, being able to go to a ranch rodeo that was put on by your church, you know, to be able to go and uh, go to a dinner and dance with your church family. I mean, that's that's pretty great. Um from, you know, the great music that typically you have to pay to hear. You get to hear for free every Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we probably could have wrapped up the sermon after Olivia's last song. I don't yep. know about you, but it, it spoke to me in a huge way. Um, and I might be, you know, a little bit partial, but I think we have the best preacher in Northwest Oklahoma. And in the world, actually. Thank you. So, I, I just think that, you know, we can pray for God to use this church to change lives and to change the world. You know, to pray for God to use this church to bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, pray for lives to be changed. Pray, um, you know, and I believe that our church is has already made a huge impact. We've impacted our community. We've impacted the world through some things that we've been able to do. But I still believe that the best is yet to come. We're getting closer for this arena to get done. And I feel like the Lord's just going to, you know, use that in a big way to change lives. And so join us in prayer, you know, pray for God to use you in this church. How can you be used in this church? You know, we have a few doing a lot, which is 
and like you know like most places we have a few that do a lot and we need a lot of more people to do a lot more and so just pray that god would use you to change the world through this church and so i my encouragement to you is just to pray god use me to change the world and then pray for others god use my kids use this church use my family to impact this world and i I would say this as well the outcome of you praying a all-in prayer and up in the ante is always worth it. I'm just telling you. Yeah, give the Lord a hand on that. That's good. <clears throat> it's always worth it. My kids, they may have to go through some persecution at school because of Jesus. But it's always worth it. I might have to you know, shed some tears over some of the people that we're trying to reach and how they reject the love of Jesus. But it's always worth it. We might have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars into a building, you know, that, that's going to, you know, be destroyed one day and it's going to turn into rubble. But it's always worth it. And so listen, when you dedicate your life and you say, I want to follow Jesus, it, there, there comes a time to where you maybe grow in your walk and God says, maybe it's today that, that he's saying, I need you to take your prayer life to the next level. I need you to get off of yourself so much and I need you to get on me a little bit more and I need you to allow me to use you to do something magnificent. And so my challenge is this. Yeah, listen, my challenge is this. Will you join us in praying all in prayers? We ask you to do that. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Nobody's looking around and we don't, we're not going to ask anybody to come to the front and, and embarrass anybody. But here's the thing. I want to, this is a time where we, we try to encourage you to make a commitment. Not to me, not to, you know, anybody else but the Lord. And so here's my question. How many of you guys, nobody's looking around, nobody's going to point you out. But how many of you guys would say, you know what, Bo? I'm probably the kind of guy or the kind of gal that I just typically pray the simple prayers, which are fine. Or the keep me out of this jam kind of prayer. How many of you guys would raise your hand and say, you know what, that's probably me. I'm guilty. Yeah, all across the room. Yeah, can I just challenge each of you that maybe just raised your hand? Today's the day that God wants to use you in a bigger way. And although you need to, you know, be able to pray those simple prayers... Maybe you need to pray this with me as I, as I pray. Lord, change me. Lord, use me to change the world. Lord, I don't, I don't want to just worry about the simple things and, and, and just to live in this comfort that I've come to kind of get lazy in. I want to do something that's going to change the world. That may be the world of my child. That may be the world at my job. That may be the world at, at, at work or wherever it's at, Lord. But I'm asking you to change me and to use me to change the world. Nobody's looking around, but how many of you guys would say, Bo, I prayed that. I prayed that prayer. Thank you. All across the room. Thank you. From adults to teenagers, thank you. 
listen, I'm telling you, you're going to be in for a ride, and it may not always be fun, but let me just tell you, those of you that just prayed that prayer, it will be worth it. And here's the other thing. Now that you've prayed that prayer, you probably are going to need the church more than ever. You know why I say that? Because we're going to, when, when the devil shows up and he says, okay, I, you want to get up and you want to play this game? I'll show you how to play this game. And he starts playing and starts dealing some hands, you know, trying to get you to sin, trying to tempt you to do something, trying to get you to fail and not stick to the commitment that you made. Listen, you're going to need help. And so my challenge to you is stay in the game called the church. Stay in this game. Join us in this game. And it's really not a game. It's real life. But, but join us. Worship with us. Serve with us so that we can walk and we can ride through this life together. And when you get knocked off your horse, I can be there to pick you up and give you a leg up. And so I just challenge you, don't, don't pray those prayers and then go, I'm going to try to do this on my own. No, you can't. You, you're going to need help. You're going to need the Lord. You're going to need the church. And so, but I, here's the thing. I thank you for joining us and praying all in prayers. Some of you are here today for the first time. You've heard the good news of Jesus Christ. You've heard that he's a personal savior that, that wants to save you from your sin. And today, maybe you need to ante up by accepting Him as your personal Lord and Savior. Can I just ask you, maybe with your head bowed and your eyes closed, that you just pray this simple prayer in your heart? Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I failed. But I also know that you died on a cross so that I can be forgiven. And so, Lord, today, at this moment, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. And be my Lord. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer for the first time. Can I just can I just celebrate with you? I mean, this is the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life. It's the most important decision. And it and it, it makes a difference in eternity. You have gone from an eternity that is destined for hell. Now you're going to a place called heaven because you have trusted in Jesus. And so we praise God for that. How many of you guys would say, you know what, but I, nobody's looking around, but I, I want you to know that I prayed that prayer and you'd just be willing to say, you know what, but I, I'll, I'll raise my hand. I prayed that prayer. How many of you guys would say that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All across the room. Listen, again, you guys that prayed that prayer for the first time today, we celebrate with you. This is great. And we want to show you what the next step is. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a closing word of prayer. And Jill and Wes are going to come. They're going to explain how, how you can walk alongside of us in, in the next step that you can take in your walk with Christ. Lord, we come to you and we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to share truth in a cellborn. We thank you for the opportunity to, to shed light on the truths of your word. And Lord, today I pray that we would sell out Give it all we've got that we would ante up in prayer. Thank you for allowing us to converse with you, to to have a personal relationship with you. And we just give you all the glory. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Bo Haig at Thousand Hills Ranch Church in Woodward, Oklahoma. Please join us next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Woodward Livestock Auction. 